this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to the in focus podcast i'm ji sampath your host for today's episode as many of you may be aware we have been doing a series of podcasts on india at the olympics which have been received really well so we thought it would be good to round it off with an episode that takes a step back from the actual event and the euphoria surrounding india's best ever outing at the olympics and takes a dispassionate look at what's the best way to spend our sporting dollar or rupee as the case may be given india's unique position both as a chronic underperformer at the international level and as a nation with comparatively poor public health parameters given that good health is both a precondition and an outcome of sporting activity it makes absolute sense to link sports policy to public health objectives and if this can be done in a way that makes commercial sense as well so much the better this then brings up a question does it make sense for a nation like india with limited resources but mega olympic ambitions to concentrate its resources on elite sports and success in elite events and competitions which is what we have been doing with initiatives such as target olympic podium scheme or tops that is uh, as it is known or is there an alternative approach that can generate both public health outcomes as well as sporting achievements to explore this question in detail we have with us hans westerbeek professor of international sport business and head of the sport business insights group at victoria university melbourne and he is also the founding director of victoria university's institute for health and sport hans thank you so much for joining us Thanks for having me. Hans uh, to start with uh, I wa- I want to uh, I want you to answer a very basic question that is often discussed and debated uh, widely these days and it is often said in defense of the massive spending that keeps the olympics going that the games help public health by boosting physical activity levels among the general population. Man I understand there was a study on this uh, published recently in Lancet magazine as well. So how true is this claim and how do you view the role of elite competitions such as the Olympics and in India something like the IPL uh, which in a, that to in a country which doesn't have a sporting culture to speak of there's been decades of arguments and justifications amongst those who own and and manage major sporting events and and they justify the spending by saying uh, that these sporting events will have tremendous impact on people's sporting behavior or even physical activity behavior unfortunately uh, the evidence is not there as a matter of fact uh, various research studies have indicated that there is no direct correlation between watching major sporting events such as the olympic games and then a change in behavior of people suddenly after being inactive for years jumping off their couch and starting to become physically active and I guess it's then also fair to make the distinction between moving from inactive to physically active is one step but then to become involved in playing sport which is actually a very sophisticated and sometimes very complex and difficult physical activity to master is even a further step uh, removed from being a couch potato and watching the olympic games and actually becoming an active sport participant so My short answer is no there is no evidence that watching these big events hosting these big events has a positive impact on physical activity levels of of populations so in again coming back to the discussions which have been happening in india 
especially during the covid uh, related lockdown uh, before the olympics and i mean actually in the year the olympics was supposed to have happened we saw the spectacle of the ipl being conducted uh, within a bio bubble and many defended it saying uh, people who are stuck at home uh, need something to entertain them and keep up their spirits and so on so at the end of the day it is still a club driven approach to elite uh, sporting competitions how do you view this uh, in the indian context there's a, a number of angles to that question and first and foremost let me say that um, as a sports lover myself i i love watching elite sport and i watch love i i love watching high performance sport so i was you know glued to the television with the olympic games um i've been lucky enough to have witnessed ipl matches live when over in india in delhi in particular um so the, to me there's no argument about the attractiveness of watching uh sport being performed at the highest level um but this goes back to your previous question in that people who manage sport and sport businesses shouldn't argue that there's this significant impact on the health of people when the overriding purpose of IPL or Olympic games or Euro soccer or um the NFL or the NBA is is purely entertainment sport entertainment and so i can i can very much live with the argument to say that we have to keep these elite competitions going um for the sake of keeping people entertained during times of covid lockdowns for example um i think the ratings for the olympic games probably have never been so high especially in those countries where covid is still making people having to stay at home uh because there was nothing else to do and so sport entertainment then is a very positive uh distraction from from very boring boring lives inside the house or inside lockdowns but back to your previous question i i think the misperception is that uh being entertained um also leads to people then going out and becoming active themselves it it would be the same to say that if you watch a beautiful movie and are amazed by the performance of the actors that suddenly Uh, the whole of the world wants to become an actor uh, because you know the performance of the actors in in that particular movie were so moving and it's the same with sport entertainment sport entertainment at the highest level are amazing performances doesn't mean that when you're overweight you suddenly think i'm going to be as healthy as these top performing athletes as as a matter of fact it's more likely that people will say I will never be able to achieve that level of performance that is superhuman performance uh way beyond my reach which may actually discourage them from taking up the sport because you know the difference between starting to play a sport and mastering the basic level of skill and making you know the medal tally or the the podium at the olympic games are two worlds too far apart to 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 connect in india uh, hands uh, when we talk about uh, sports and promotion of sports and spending money on sports i mean especially now with the olympics uh, just having passed the focus has always been on uh, on on nurturing talent uh, towards elite competitions and within this kind of a framework of framework and thinking we had something called the target olympic podium scheme or tops 
under which the government of india spent around 1100 crores over 5 years to support the preparation of elite athletes and it is very likely that uh, this approach might be repeated again for the paris olympics as well so i was wondering how this kind of an outcome driven approach where your money is focused on certain talented individuals doing well in competitions uh maybe there are similar programs like this in australia how would this compare with a different kind of a sporting approach or a sports policy that is focused that also has its eyes on public health uh, outcomes uh such as this lifespan and lifestyle approach and PASP or physical activity sport participation framework which you have uh, written about as well do you think a PASP or a lifestyle approach to sports would be a better option giving better outcomes over the long term for sporting success in a country like india which still doesn't have a sporting culture to speak of or do you think this is suited more for richer countries and the developed countries where the population is already at a higher level of uh, health it's the the million dollar question uh, i i would say and, and we have to go back to, be, to to first principles why do you actually invest in sport Uh, what are the key objectives of putting money into elite sport and unfortunately and this is not unique to india this this is this is true for for many developed and and emerging economies around the world is that elite sport offers politicians and and um business entrepreneurs high profile people a platform to associate with the success of what the athletes do um it 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 instills a certain level of confidence and pride and credibility uh in in association and uh for india it's it's not the same sorry it's it's not no difference than it is for the usa or china or australia or, or the netherlands when investing in elite sports in that the government wants indian athletes to perform at the highest level so that they um express uh pride on behalf of massive populations unfortunately and you mentioned this already in terms of uh, the differential between some nations who do have very strong uh, um community or grassroots sport cultures uh or those countries that have significantly stronger holistic health systems um it will be different and less um confronting if those countries Uh, put it a lot a relatively high amount of money in into elite sport because uh they they do not have the pressing health problems across the whole of the population whereas india of course has significant challenges in terms of elevating a lot of people from relatively low health levels to to average levels of population health that has have already been achieved in other countries so to cut a long story short um our approach in the physical activity sport participation framework is what we call a lifestyle cradle to grave approach where um a focus on instilling a very early level of what we call physical literacy in in young people will provide a, found, a foundation for them to be less um confronted with their limitations when trying to become part of sporting structures or becoming physically active to have more confidence in their ability to to uh perform basic motor skills like jumping kicking running um you know catching throwing those kind of things without that level of physical literacy um 
the step to become lifelong engaged in physical activity or to start playing sport is so much higher that a lot of people will simply not bother. They will become couch potatoes, as we name them, and therefore they are also lost to competitive sports and lost to the chance for Olympic authorities or, uh, or national federations to be picked as talented athletes that can go into a talent high-performance uh, development system. And, I, and you can cut me off if I talk too long here, but I, I vividly remember um, when we first started working uh, with the government of Kerala, um, and, and we still do, uh, with our research group, but in 2014, 2015, I can't remember if it was 14 or 15, I facilitated a workshop with about 100 professionals who all either worked in sport or physical education, in facilities management or event management in the Kerala sports system. And I asked a simple question and we noted the numbers. And my question was, how many medals will India win at the 2028 Olympic Games? And so this was in 2014 or 15. So um, just before the Rio Games. And Six out of the seven tables uh, where I asked the number of medals to be, to be um, listed uh, told me that India would be in the top five of medal-winning nations. They would win over 30 or 40 medals in three Olympic cycles from that point in time. And that, to me, opened my eyes, as in, in terms of expectations, and it is the same with the Indian government, I believe, the expectations are that with a population base of 1.4 billion people, surely if we put money into the very top, we can very quickly accelerate to high levels of success and put India up there uh, on the medal rankings. Unfortunately, and you mentioned it yourself, there is not an active sport culture in India. So 1.4 billion people in the talent pool is meaningless if 1.3 billion of those people have never put foot on a football or, or, or um, basketball court and have not had the opportunity to be even developing their basic motor skills. And then suddenly you, you realize that, you know, look at the most recent Olympics, India was celebrating seven medals on a population of 1.4 billion, which is 1,400 million people in the talent pool. My home country, where I originally came from, the Netherlands, have 17 million people and they were number six or seven on the medal ranking with 36 medals. Um, how do you bring those two numbers together? And that's a very interesting question for the Indian government, but also for a lot of private sport businesses in India. And my answer is... If you really want to develop a long-term view of talent, you have to put it into your community sport and into your physical education. Uh, and, and let some of the private companies like J JWS or uh, IMG, um, Reliance, you know, they can put some of their corporate dollars in high performance. But it's not the task of the federal government. Right. That's a very, very significant point uh, you're making, Hans. You're saying that uh, it's okay for corporates and the private sector to put money into high performance athletes and, you know, nurturing and grooming talent for 
elite competition, but it's not the government's job to be doing it. The government should rather be focusing on uh, uh, on community participation in sport in terms of uh, population-wide uh, access to sporting infrastructure and sporting activity. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. And, and again, you mentioned the difference between India as a nation developing its sporting culture and other nations where there's a very strong sporting culture already and where there's community uh, organized competitions already for the federal government in India and also for the state governments, their main responsibility is to provide that foundation for all Indians to become involved in sport and, and to give them at least the opportunity to make a choice about their physical activity behavior and you know, to start playing some of, of the sports in environments, in, in facilities, on playing fields, with well-educated coaches who can help the young uh, population of India um, become involved in sport in a, in a much more structured way. And then the talent, believe me, the talent will come and India will basically smash it out of the ballpark. They will be a top five nation at the Olympics. Um, but they will get there much quicker uh, if the federal government and state governments start channeling a lot more money into grassroots development. And by the way, let me say, the, the, the project that we are working with the Kerala government on is actually starting to do that. We are helping them to develop uh, community uh, professional support. So educating some of the local uh, sport professionals to organize better local competitions, to help them market the sport, to help them run the facilities better, etc., which is fantastic to see. Right. I mean, you, you've explained beautifully how uh, community uh, participation in sport holds the key to even uh, Olympic level excellence. But can you perhaps talk uh, talk to us with an example in terms of how community sports work? I mean, I mean we know that uh, both for... Uh, uh, for sports policy and in terms of how sports businesses get involved in this, uh, there are so many vested interests, entrenched interests that are invested in the way things have been happening uh, in the past and in the present. So how does a country like India make a transition uh, from this focus uh, on elite competitions and elite talent to the community level where you need money, but money is very hard to come by and it's very hard to get people to invest at the community level of uh, organized sport? Look, let me also say that I don't think India is on the wrong track. Um, India is actually investing in sport, where 10 or 15 years ago, India was not investing in sport. And so investment is always better than no investment, but it is about fine-tuning where the investment goes and who invests where. Like I said, I, I think JWS group with their um, Inspire Sport uh, uh, High Performance Facility is a good example of corporate money through social responsibility funding uh, going to a few talented athletes who can then, on behalf of India, perform on the world stage. That's corporate money. It, it's not coming from the taxes being paid by Indian citizens, whereas, you know, even, even a fraction of local government investment, uh, if, if, you, if you, for example, look at how much local government in Australia or uh, in Germany, England, um, Norway, Spain, uh, to just name a few countries, how much local government invests in 
providing basic playing facilities, you know, dressing rooms, maintaining, you know, pitches to a, a basic level of performance, outdoor basketball courts, indoor basketball courts, financing those facilities and keeping them in playing order is a very basic common way of starting um, a community sporting uh, uh, culture, if you like. Because you don't, you don't immediately need community clubs to, to, to organize competitions. You simply need uh, some really local, good local sport managers or marketeers to bring young people and middle-aged people to those facilities to organize local uh, Wednesday night competitions, indoor cricket, handball, basketball, volleyball, whatever. So rather than trying to do everything at once, which I kind of believe is still the attitude of, well, as long as we build high-performance institutes and build sport universities and research centers and fancy biomechanics labs, you know, the success will come. Yeah, unfortunately, you cannot cut out the grassroots. And I think, you know, simple, I say simple, but nothing simple, but simple investments uh, from local budgets to providing basic community uh, playing facilities. Simple investments of putting a little bit more time and money into physical education and coaching courses at universities and providing some secure jobs for high-quality students who come out of those courses. You know, give them government jobs, government-allocated jobs, so that they can start feeding information, knowledge, training, expertise, injury prevention into the local community. That's the starting point. And then, you know, some of the other stuff will start starting to happen as well. Right. It, it, it's good to, good to hear that India is on the right track in terms of uh, starting to invest more than they've, uh, they've used to investing in sports. And the points you mentioned about making these small, small investments in, you know, uh, making available playing fields and so on should probably go a long way in enhancing community participation and generating a pipeline of uh, young talent. Now, uh, we are running out of time. Uh, and so, the last question for you. Uh, finally, uh, we, we've spoken about uh, uh, how the sporting dollar needs to be spent in terms of performance and so on. W what are the public health benefits, uh, according to you, from a higher level of physical activity that comes with a lifestyle that regularly makes space for uh, sports? Look, I cannot be more clear about that. You, you started our conversation by asking do hosting the olympic games lead to physical activity level increases and the answer is no now you're asking me when we move more when we increase our levels of physical activity does that lead to health improvement and the overwhelming overriding evidence from research around the world biomedical biophysical biosocial um, social mental is that physically uh, less heart disease, um, lower blood pressure, uh, lower BMI, uh, tick, 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 all health uh, positive benefits, mental health, uh, more positive outlook on life, happier, uh, more engaging, social well-being, more community connectedness, more cohesion, more social capital, more coming together of people, uh, higher appreciation of differences in culture more inclusivity, you know, sport at the community level and physical activity, getting out there, 
moving either on your own or with other people leads to this amazing and uh, maybe even overwhelming number of positive outcomes that are all anchored in research. You know, it, the evidence is out there that our kids, you know, perform better in school after they've done a morning walk rather than go straight from the breakfast table into school. You know, if you're physically active, your whole body is more attuned to taking in all the stimuli that our environment gives to people. So I can't probably say more. If you are physically active, you know, you, you're going to change the world for the better. And the more people that are physically active, the more positive our world will be. Right. I mean, I, I was wondering if I should ask this question because, you know, some people might feel that it's an obvious thing to ask whether sporting activity uh, offers uh, health benefits. But I'm glad I asked because you have sort of expressed it beautifully in terms of not just the health benefits that come f- to the individual in terms of physical health, but also more importantly, uh, mental health and uh, social cohesiveness in terms of community health and overall inclusivity and, you know, uh, uh, building a network of uh, harmony and community and, you know, overall health from all dimensions. I think that's an important point uh, to keep in mind when we uh, think of our sports policy. Hans, thank you so much for talking to us. It was a pleasure talking to you. Uh, Pleasure is all mine. Thank you for having me. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.